0: hey everyone this is scott and my co-host is joshua marsh and we want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it here with us our goal is to provide you with insight about our lives how we navigate it and how our faith is that compass we want to encourage you to pray more often more consistently and in all things talking with god is about just that the conversation that you have with our heavenly father prayer is not complicated we make it complicated. There's no special sauce to getting prayer right. So let's shed that stigma that talking with God is complicated. God, our Father, is there to listen to us in all seasons. Whether you are in a happy mood, or maybe you are facing some struggles and are angry at the world, or even God himself, he is still there. So join us each week on Thursdays as we talk about our lives and how that relates to talking with God. Thank you for joining me here again on Talking With God. I just want to express my thanks that you are taking time out of your day to spend it here with me. Your support is vital to our mission, as we love interacting with you and seeing you spread the word on social media. If you'd like, you can also support us financially via a donation on our website, twgpodcast.com, or by purchasing a shirt from our store on the same website. We've spent a couple of episodes going through the beginnings of the book, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And last time, we covered chapter one, Knowing God by Experience, and chapter two, God's work according to His nature. So if you haven't had a chance, why not pause this and go listen to the earlier episodes in this series? That way you don't miss anything. This week, we're going to talk about chapter three is all about doing God's will. So, what do we mean by doing God's will? Take a moment and answer that in your mind. Maybe even pause and write it down so that you can reflect on it after this podcast. The chapter starts out with John 4, verse 34, in which Jesus says, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me, and to finish His work. Blackaby talks about this man named Claude King who was fresh out of seminary in 1984. And after he graduated, he and his wife wanted to fill their dream of tent-making church planters. Claude had taken all of these courses on evangelism and church planning. Basically, if it included those things, he was in that class. Claude and his wife found themselves in dire straits soon after they started their dream because unemployment was so low that they could not find jobs, and they had to move back home with his parents. Claude's heart was in the right place. He wanted to reach people for Christ. He wanted to expand the kingdom of God and he was willing to work hard. But the results of his efforts were failure. See, while Claude had admirable efforts, they were misdirected. He was making his own plans and was trying to enlist God's blessing for those plans. But what happened next is proof of God's providence. Claude went to his local association of churches and volunteered to help them with church planning. He shared with the association the need for new church plants, and within three months, he had 14 communities needing new churches. Two years later, he and his wife had helped six new congregations become established and employ full-time pastors. God did more work in a week than Claude could have done in years with his own effort. Claude soon realized that he had been so busy attempting to do things for God instead of enjoying fellowship with God. Claude's growing close Love relationship with God allowed him to see the work God began to accomplish in his life. I mentioned this last night at my church's Bible study. We are naturally self-centered. It's part of our sin nature. We tend to view the whole world, including God's activities, in terms of our own lives. We find comfort in knowing what to do and how events will affect us before we do them. And we ask, what is God's will for my life? But the question really should be, What is God's will? Our natural perspective is inverted and wrong. God has plans for your life, and His desire is for you to become involved in what He is doing to bring salvation to others. Our focus needs to be outward on God and His purposes, and not inward on our lives. After all, we can't save anyone. We share the good news. But God does the saving. The next part of the chapter talks about how we like to busy ourselves. And that brings up the phrase, don't just stand there, do something. Well, we humans are industrious folk, we like to fill our lives with tasks, and we think doing all of these tasks are going to please God, and now that behavior includes churches and pastors of churches. But when we live like that, we become fatigued with these Christian duties. And God wants nothing to do with that behavior. Blackaby actually proposes that God is crying out to us, don't just do something, stand there. Enter into a love relationship with me. Get to know me. Adjust your life to me. Let me love you and teach you about myself as I work through you. Psalm 37:7 commands us to be still before the Lord. See, we cannot short circuit our relationship with God our relationship with God must come first. And Jesus makes this clear in John 15, 5, when he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Now that isn't to say that you are paralyzed without Christ. It means that you can do things to stay busy, but almost all of those activities will not have any lasting value for God's kingdom. And Paul even warns us in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 13 that our works will be tested by fire to see if it was done according to God's will. Now, I've told this story in the past, but it's, it's worth repeating. Jesus tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, he said, "'Come to me, all of you who are weary "'and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. "'Take my yoke upon you. "'Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart.'" and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. A yoke is an instrument where two oxen work together. Typically, a young and unexperienced ox is paired up with a seasoned ox so that the younger ox can learn from the seasoned one. Jesus invites us into this relationship, telling us that when we labor where he is already at work, he will accomplish his purposes through us, so circling back, that basically means that if we as Christians are experiencing this duty fatigue, we need to seriously ask ourselves if we are yoked to the proper master. Our pastor, Mac Jarvis, had mentioned this, and my wife's mentioned it several times before because it's something that's always up present in our minds is who's my God today? Is it my ambition? Is it my pride? Is it my need for money? Or is it God? Is it Jesus? Blackaby then talks about the fact that Jesus is our way. He is the sole means of entering the kingdom of God. He explains that the way is different for everyone because we were all unique people. Consider Abraham. He walked, by faith and not by sight. God showed him a glimpse of the land of Canaan. And off he went. He picked up everything. His family, the people that were around him, all the his sheep and oxen, everything. And God gave Abraham direction every single day, and that kept Abraham in a close communion with him. But it's also the thing that we should be doing every day, asking God, what is your will? What is your will today? Moses was different. God showed him the plan and where they would end up before he went to Egypt. God gave very specific instructions to Ananias about where to find Paul and what to do to heal him in Acts 9 verses 10 through 19. Yet with Andrew in John 1, verse 39, Jesus wouldn't even tell Andrew where he was staying for the evening. But in all of those instances, the people had to remain close to God for their guidance. Even with the apostles, Jesus said, follow me. And they went. Now, at the end of every chapter, there's a series of questions that are given for reflection. And so, why don't you write these down after I talk about them and reflect on them yourselves. Or pause it after every question before I answer. I'll pause about 5 or 10 seconds after each question. And the first question is, have you struggled with God's will? If so, what has been your biggest challenge? And I have struggled with God's will. And I still do. Sometimes I have this idea that I've got control over my life. And that is the biggest thing for me. I think I have that control and at the end of the day when I humble myself which can be very hard because I'm stubborn as my wife I submit and then clarity comes and even though I know that I'll still struggle with it because I'm not perfect. The next question is are you satisfied with your relationship with Christ or do you constantly feel the need to be doing something for him? I don't look at it as being satisfied or not. I've learned to be present in God's will, not for me, but for his will alone. The next question is, how have you experienced God working through your life as you have been abiding in Christ? Experiencing God now is unlike anything that I've had in my life. Uh, This podcast is the fruit of that abiding in God. It's also allowed me to serve in the church and in our life group. I do all of that, and I don't think of me or how I'm going to get a benefit from my service. This podcast has zero to do with me. I'm the vessel. So if God puts something in my path, I'm at a point in my faith where I'm always saying, yes, God, yes, yes, I will. The next question is, and this is the last one, are you content to follow God one day at a time? Or do you become anxious if you do not know where God is leading you in the future? If so, why is that? So for me, I look at it like this. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed, right? But what is guaranteed is my salvation. And with that, I have all that I need. I don't have anxiety, and I'm content to follow God day by day in whatever capacity he wants me to. Will you pray with me? God, your sovereignty is clearer to me now more than ever. I place myself before you, humble and willing to go where you need me to go. I want to know your will. God, please bless me with a clarity of mind every single day when I ask, What is your will today? For you are such a good father, and the sacrifices you've made are something that man could never repay i pray for your grace and your mercy but most importantly your love allow it to fill me when i am in doubt and encourage me to always seek you first in christ's name amen thank you again for taking time out of your day to spend with us Can I ask a small favor? Okay, well maybe it's a couple, but they are really important. First, can you subscribe to us? Second, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, can you give us a rating and let us know how we're doing? That helps our podcast get discovered, and if I'm honest, it makes us feel good too. Even if it's just a one star out of five, it's crucial feedback so that we can improve. One last thing, can you share this with your family or friends? We're on all major podcast platforms, and even if it's just two people, maybe your whole Facebook or Twitter, whatever you're comfortable with, we're happy to have that. It would mean the world to us, because every little bit helps us get discovered and allows us to share God's message to the world. We hope that by sharing this prayer with you, that you are encouraged to pray more often and more comfortably. And most importantly, your relationship with God grows in talking with Him. If you'd like to share a prayer, check out the link below and contact us. We love you and hope that you visit us again next week.